What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Real Bodybuilding Podcast. This is episode number 149, and I am here with the most talked about man in bodybuilding, or one of, Mark Hector. How are you, man? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Dude, we have been talking about... I'm good. We've been talking about you, mostly because of me, I'm sorry. Every episode for like the last four episodes, because we're expecting like really big things. Is that putting more pressure on you, or do you enjoy the press? To be honest, I've been getting quite a few people sending me through links saying you've been talked about again on the podcast. Um, and to be honest, I, I do really appreciate it. But in terms of pressure, I don't really feel no pressure from it. If anything, it's it's giving me extra motivation. Yeah. Um, I think because I'm preparing well for my show, I've got my own expectations of myself, what I want to achieve. Um, anything from the outside, I don't really see that as a pressure. It's just do what I need to do following the plan and i'm sure everything will land exactly where it should be are you always like that mark or does do you ever get the sense of like is it because you're still new and you're still kind of under the radar or is it like do you ever feel pressure or is it just this time around things are different so there's not that much pressure i think this time is completely different because normally when i compete i'm the sort of person who don't really put much content out i'm happy to just normally go along with the prep not really share what i'm looking like not really talk about what I'm doing, not putting that much content where I thought this time around the way social media is going as well, I think it's important to, to put yourself out there so people can see what I'm doing. So, so for me, I wouldn't say that um, there's necessarily like a, a pressure on myself or anything like that. It's just, um, I, I just wanted to put more out there so people know what yeah. I'm doing. More yeah. Than what happened? What was the what was the change? Why decide to put yourself out there more than previous shows? Um, well, the last time I competed was 2020. Yeah. And I took 2021 off to put on more size. Um, and I, I think after I competed in 2020, it was quite good because people were talking about me and there was I would say there was a little bit of a hype. And then 2021, it's almost like you've forgotten about no one seen yeah. you compete. No one yeah. really know what's going on. So it's almost like you're forgotten about bodybuilder again. Yeah. So I think this time around, I wanted to to put more out there so people know exactly what I'm doing, what I'm looking like, how prep's going. And I think working with Cal as well, he's, he's a coach who likes to pump out content. So yeah. it's been quite fortunate for me that I've got like his videographer, videographer on hand, his photographer, those sorts of people that help to, to put out really good content. Yeah, is it? Has it helped you? So I know when I was competing, I would put out constantly put out progress photos and stuff like that. And part of the reason was I like to interact with fans, but also I felt like it helped it helped me it helped me stay accountable because I'm like these people are seeing me. I got to keep getting better because otherwise my progress pictures are going to get worse. And you know what I mean? Like it's almost like it's not like you're going to cheat on your diet or something, but it's just when people are watching, it's almost like it keeps you even more focused. So does that matter for you or are you just doing it strictly for engagement and for fun talking to your fans and that? I think it's more for fun. I, yeah. I like the, the fact that I, when I do put out content that people do have been resharing it. People have been commenting on your physique saying, Oh yeah, I've got high expectations for you. I think that's nice to, to hear that feedback. Um, yeah. But it's more just for keeping people in, in the loop. I'm definitely not going to cheat on my diet because no, no, I know. Yeah. No, I guess <laughs> I didn't I, I guess I didn't mean it that way. It's not like I'm going to cheat on my diet. I just I felt like when I was competing, if I put out photos and people were supporting me, 
I felt like I wanted to do better for them. Yeah. So it was almost like, that's kind of more what I mean by keeping me accountable is I'm like, I want to win for them because they're supporting me. So I don't know if you feel any of that. Like when people are like, Mark, you're going to win. You're the greatest. Like, do you feel like that you want to bring that person with you? Yeah, definitely. Especially when like people reach out to me and send me DMs because they don't have to do that at all. And I'm, I'm the sort of person, if someone does reach out to me and it's some kind of positive message, I always try and interact and reply back because I still see me as Mark Hector, although recently my Instagram has been growing quite yeah. a lot. I think it's important to still keep it real because we're all started somewhere in the journey mm-hmm. and to still be able to interact at whatever level, whether you're pro or amateur, I think it's really important. So it's nice to be able to take these people on the journey with me. And for those people who are backing me as well, I definitely want to deliver for them as well. Yeah. Do you, are you careful of the hype? Because I know some people, when they get a little bit of hype, their mind kind of goes astray. Do you keep people around you that will keep you grounded? Yeah. So I've got a very small circle of friends anyway. Um, So that doesn't really affect me. But I think the way I'm sort of been brought up anyway I'm not the sort of person who's going to start letting the heart get to your head. I think the moment you start doing that is the moment you start getting detracted or derailed from where you should be going. So although it's nice to get these comments, I think the moment you start taking these comments on board a little bit too much, I think that's where you can head for a downfall. And I'm just not that sort of person. So I'm just not going to let that enter my thoughts. Do your boys think of you as Mark Hector, the bodybuilder, or do do your boys just think of you as Mark and they still shit talk you? <laughs> I'll get a bit of both. I'll get a bit of both to be honest. Well, because my friends, when I was bodybuilding, my friends used to treat me worse. They would be like, "Well, all your all your fans are pumping your tires, so we're gonna shit on you all the time, so that you don't." My head never could swell. So I'm just wondering if you have people around you that are always like keeping you like in your place. You know, I've I've got a good circle who encourage me. So if they're seeing the the changes in my physique, they'll comment and say you're looking yeah. good. Well, at the same time, if there's something where I can improve, so let's say I'm going through posing and I'm thinking, oh, she's great, and they think it's something wrong, I'm all right for them to tell me because I'd okay. rather them tell me before the time, stepping yeah. on stage rather than embarrassing myself. Mark, how old are you? I've just turned 35 in August. Oh, I didn't know you were that old. I thought you were like early 30, earlier 30s or like late 20s. Yeah, but now I've got the diet face to look a little bit younger as you, well. You definitely, yeah. <laughs> so, did you watch the podcast yesterday? Because you just posted something saying you're going to watch it. Did you watch? Did you watch our commentary I'm, at all, or no? I've not been able to watch it just yet. Okay. Is that the one with me and Quinton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not been able to watch that just yet. Okay. When I uh, flipped onto it, I just got to the gym to train. Yeah. So I've not had a chance to watch that just yet. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one. All right, well, Quinton's wanna... a good guy actually. He Sorry? actually messaged Quinn's a good guy. He messaged me from time to time. So yeah, be good to watch that. Yeah, no. Well, it was an interesting question that we got because, you know, I put up questions for the podcast and somebody asked, who do I think had more potential, you or Quint? And it's a really tough one because I love both your physiques. So we kind of batted around the question a little bit and then we came to a conclusion, but I'll let you watch it later. But anyways, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to show people this post you just posted today i think you posted it because you knew you were coming on but i think I do. <laughs> <laughs> was it that obvious i tagged you as well <laughs> so this was you from today 
Yeah, so I've literally just trained now, just finished training with Cal. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually at his house now, just recording this because it's close to the gym. Yeah. Dude, you're looking like a freak, man. Like, well, well this is. I appreciate that, but this is the thing. This is me on. So I'm carb cycling at the moment. So this is me on 250 grams of carbs. Yeah. Um, when I've been posting, people have been saying I've I've mentioned a few times that this is me flat. And I think people think that I'm joking. Like, this isn't me full, although it might look full. There's a lot more still to come. Dude, this is you flat? Yeah, that's not me properly full. Okay, one second. When was when was your last high day? So my last high day was Sunday. So that so would have been 350 grams of carbs. And I don't know if you've been following. But on a Sunday, I've been having double burgers and cookies as well. Yeah, so that's still there, though. That's still in that. <laughs> it's not gone already. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> I, I feel depleted. I feel hungry. <laughs> that's what you tell your coach that you can have another burger. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, so I'm not saying it's blasting full because 350 grams is not anything crazy for a guy your size. What do you weigh here? Uh, so this morning I weighed in at 271. Are you serious? 271 pounds. What uh for the past four or five weeks my weight's just been hovering around the 272, 273 mark. Mark, so this it's is not you really at, changed. This is you at 271? Yeah. What 271. Uh so just, so just to give you some context, when I last competed in 2020 at the British Grand Prix, I was 240. Holy fuck. Yeah. How much more are you gonna tighten up from this? Because you look like you're pretty much ready to me. So this week, Kyle's made some changes, and he said by the end of this week, we'll be at 95%. So we, yeah, definitely going to tighten up. So what do you think, like 65, 63? Uh, probably about 265. Yeah. Stage. Man, 25 pounds of fucking stage weight with that condition is nuts. Now, the one thing I haven't seen is you haven't posted any back shots. Yeah. Is that on purpose? <laughs> you could say that's on purpose. Because I feel like there's, I don't know, I want to hold a little bit of something back. <laughs> because you can show everything and then it's like, oh, everyone's already seen what you're looking like. But I can guarantee that the back is going to be just as shredded as the front. I'm well, not going to step on stage without, without the glutes being in. So this is the thing. The reason I say that is because I know you have a phenomenal back. But yeah. I don't know what the hamstrings look like. So I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm like, let's see what the hamstrings look like. Because I think that's going to be the the difference maker between you and some other guys. Yeah. So all the time when I've prepped, the, the last thing to come in for me is also always the glutes from the rear and always the hamstrings. That literally comes in like a few days before. And yeah. even speaking to Al about that today, I was like, um, the process of it is like, well, you're still doing quite a lot of cardio. So I'm doing like, 45 minutes or 35 minutes of cardio depending on what I'm training that body part that day. My sure. steps have gone up to 16K, so it's like you're still holding fatigue in those areas. So until we've dropped that fatigue off and when you've actually got some more food in, that's when you'll see the real details come through. So although that's the, the place where I hold it the most, the glutes and the hamstrings, I know that there will be in. All right. Because that's going to be... Because, I mean, this is a pretty – it's a pretty highly competitive lineup. I mean, James is going to be bringing it. He's already he's already posted some back shots. The hamstrings are in. The glutes are almost 100%. Yeah. 
Uh, Andrew Jack has been the talk of the IFBB for the last three months. Uh, Martin, from what a couple friends say, Martin is going to be better than he was in Texas. So if you know that all that's got to be there, but if that is all there, like you expect, and then I know this is a million dollar question, but can you beat all these guys? I'm going there to win. I'm going there to win. And in in answer to your question, yes, I can beat these guys. The last time I competed, like I said, was 240. With yeah. an extra 25 pounds of muscle on top, with still the small waist and the filled out frame and peaked properly. So I'm actually really full. Yeah. Definitely I can beat these guys. I'm actually amazed that you put on as much weight as you have and the waist hasn't grown at all. I mean, yeah. that's a testament to Cal's diet and you obviously following a plan and doing everything you're supposed to do. But were you working a lot of vacuums? Were you looking working a lot of abs? Or are you just one of those guys who's genetically just not going to have a big waist no matter what? Um, I definitely think it's genetic, but I've also been doing the vacuum training as well and abs as well. I'm being more conscious as well, even like when I'm sitting here, of actually keeping my core tight. Yeah. So I've got a tendency sometimes, especially when I was deep in off-season, just to let things hang loose. And I think if you can train yourself to keep it tight consistently, then it helps it easier for when you're posing as well and when you're displaying your physique. Yeah, yeah. So I want to show people something because I, I find it interesting when people post this many photos that people don't really understand the whole off-season premise. So look at – I want people to see just like how shredded you are here, right? Obviously, these photos you're posting, this is almost ready for show, for stage. But one of the things I think people don't realize is when you say you have to get big in the off-season – you posted some photos back here, some transformation photos. What I just want to know what your weight is here. You're 14 weeks out. What is your weight here? Did I put a weight up there? Uh, actually, sorry. You put yeah, 124 kilograms. Yeah. So what is that? Uh, that's not much more than you weigh now, is it? Yeah, but my peak weight when I started, uh, peak weight in Aussies was 304 pounds. Oh, okay. You were 304. Okay. So, yeah, so, at 304. so this is when you've already started your diet. So I guess what I'm trying to say, what I was trying to express to people is you went from 304 to 271, but at 304, you were probably pretty, I don't want to say chubby, but softer. Yeah. I, I was softer. You could still see the outline on my abs as well, though. So the, the shape was still there. Yeah. It's then to strip back and see actually what, what's underneath it. Do you have any pics in here at 304? Um, there's probably some if you scroll down. I mean, because some people would say, like, if if I showed this to some people, they might say it's too heavy. Um, yeah. and and I just I guess the point I'm trying to make is like ultimately the point I'm trying to make is for you to put on 25 pounds of stage weight, you had to really push the food, right? Yeah, like it wasn't always a it wasn't always a pretty look. Like, were you always comfortable and happy with how you looked, or was there points where you were like, man, I don't I, I, I'm not a big eater, so people who know me know that when it comes to food, it's not my friend. And so I think my peak um, calories were just under 6,000, so I had training days and non-training day calories, yeah. and I'm not a big eater. So I can give you some examples when I'm walking around a supermarket with my girlfriend and I've got my daughter as well, and I'm pushing this trolley. I'm just like, you lot are going to have to carry on, <laughs> and I'm just leaning over the trolley. And I'm just trying to catch my breath because I've got the lower back pump. 
I'm getting hot, I'm getting sweating, I'm thinking, I don't want to be here right now. Yeah. I don't want to be here. Yeah. Um, even when it comes to doing stuff like hip hinges, so RDLs, I could probably get away in the off-season doing it for two weeks. Yeah. And then I was, I was like, I'm going to have to pull this. Just, I just can't recover from it. Yeah. Because yeah. it got uncomfortable. And to the point in the evening sometimes when it comes to last meal, I'm like, I don't want to eat this meal. But yeah. it's remembering the process of if I want to improve, I've got to push up further. So I had to do it. I guess that's what I'm trying to get people to understand. When we say, you know, you have to bulk, we're not talking about dirty bulking. You were on a pretty clean diet the whole year other than your cheats. Would that be accurate? Yeah, that's right. So I guess, what right, but, but you were at 6,000 calories, like you said. Yeah. So, I mean, that's way into a, that's way into a surplus and you put on some body fat, but you're going to be rewarded for it now that it's time to strip it all off and get on stage. So yeah, I'm just trying to, right. just trying to kind of express the, the, the benefit to bulking to people who are like, Oh, I don't want to bulk. I want to, I want to stay lean. Would you have put on that 25 pounds? Did you stay lean the whole time? No way. No way, but this this is the difference as well. I think the last, the highest weight I've ever got in a peak off-season was 280 pounds. Yeah. So this, again, just emphasises the fact that I was able to push up to 304 is now put me in a better position now. So now, coming down with weight, I'm going to be higher because of my starting point was higher. That's right. That's right. Um, what is your, is it your girlfriend or wife? Girlfriend. What does your girlfriend think when you're 304 and you have to take a break from walking through the grocery store? <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story. So there's been a few times when I was out getting steps in the off season just to like look after heart health and stuff. And I've gone out for a walk and I'm feeling brave and I'm thinking, I can do this. It's only 20 minutes. And I've had to call her to come and pick me up. <laughs> my back pump has pumped up so much. I'm like 10 minutes into this walk and I'm thinking, <laughs> I can't get back. So I've called her and she's like, is everything all right? I was like, well, yeah, it is, but the walk's finished now, so you're going to have to come, come get me. So, yeah, but she, she is a feeder, so she really does look after me yeah. um, in terms of food and she supports the journey completely, so it definitely makes it a lot easier. Has your wife, or sorry, has your girlfriend ever commented on your fatness? <laughs> No. <laughs> Your yes. She, she likes so when I first met her, she yeah. seen me and she was like, How can you be an open bodybuilder? Because your face is like slim. Yeah. So her I think her goal since she's like met me is like, I'm gonna feed this guy up. Yeah. So yeah, she she likes the, the hamster cheeks. Whereas my <laughs> mum on it when I when I went around to see my woman a few weeks ago, she's like, Oh, I prefer your face like this. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, because my my wife, I remember one off season. I think I got to like three oh eight, and it was one off season. My wife was like, "I think that's enough. I think you, think you put on a little bit too much. You probably pull it back a little bit." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so, so I always use her as my barometer. Does your yeah. girlfriend? So your girlfriend helps you with cooking. She helps you take care of everything. Does she help you when, with recovery? When when I say she helps, she's literally like my carer. So. She, she's got everything sorted out. So she's actually competed in Italy at the Yamamoto Cup this weekend. So yeah. she's just flying back now, just landed. I just spoke to her. Um, so the period she was away, because I've, I've wanted to concentrate on the Arnolds, I stayed here because I didn't want to take the risk with flying and stuff. And um, I actually had to cook for myself. And I've not done that for a very long time. So she placed third at the weekend. Yeah. 
Good for her, man. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, so I've I've not had to cook for a long time because she she just supports the journey, and I feel like she almost feels like it's her place. And I'm blessed that I've got someone like that who supports me. What like was that. it? What was it like cooking for yourself while she was gone? <laughs> so the, so we macro track. So during prep, we've not got a set meal plan. We've got sort of foods what we enjoy eating. Okay. And normally in the evening, the last meal of the day is stuff like prawns or white rice or some vegetables. And then we might have some cream of rice and peanut butter and stuff like that. And she yeah. normally says it takes like 40 minutes to prep. I'm thinking, how can a meal take 40 minutes to prep? Yeah. It took me 50 minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I realized just how much effort and time goes into yeah. preparing this. What did you make that took you 50 minutes to prep? So you've got, you've got to chop all the, the peppers up. Oh, get, she's going all out. Yeah, you've got oh, to get okay. the, everything weighed out and everything to the grams. So then you've got to wash up as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a huge benefit. I never had that. I always have to make my own food and take care of myself. Um, okay. So you've said a few things that are kind of interesting, uh, technical things that I want to get into first, you've mentioned steps a couple times. Yeah. So when you're prepping or even in the off season, if you do it both, how do you, does, does Cal just tell you, and for those who didn't watch the podcast before Cal is Mark's coach and you can watch that podcast. It was up uh, last week, a lot of good information about how he helped Mark. But, um, when you're talking about steps, how do you, does Cal just tell you get this many steps in a day or how does that work for you? Can you explain that? Yeah. So in off season, Cal set a, a step target. It was only something like between six to 8K as yeah. we move from the off season, just to make sure that I'm getting a good amount of um, movement in and also looking after heart health. There was no real direct cardio within maybe like five or 10 minutes of pre and post training. There mm-hmm. was nothing too excessive. Whereas when we transitioned into prep, he was like, okay, right. So we've built up your legs from the, the free training sessions a week to preserve your legs now, we need to use steps as expenditure. So that's where we count the steps and the cardio where I've in the past where I've done like two hours of cardio is like, well, we'll use cardio, but that won't be our main tool. Mm-hmm. He said, moving at the body weight, what you're at now through steps, that will be enough to help get you in condition alongside a lower output of cardio. So that's how we've managed that this okay. time around. And to be honest, Previous preps, I've never counted steps. Yeah. Hold my hands up. It's just been, okay, right, you've got one hour cardio in the morning, one hour cardio in the afternoon, and that's it. And wherever my steps fall, it will just fall. So yeah. this time around, it's been completely different in that sense. Do you like this better? Um, so my steps have just literally gone from 14K at the start of this week to 16 yeah. And for me to get 16K steps, because I'm not very active, yeah. I still need to do a little bit of steps on the, on the treadmill. Yeah. So to me, steps are still kind of like cardio, but yeah. I don't find it as taxing as if I was doing like an incline treadmill walk or on a Stairmaster. Yeah. Yeah. 16,000 16, is a lot. Re- yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And I've been using a recumbent bike for, um, <laughs> for cardio and... I actually thought that was for lazy people. And now I've realized that it's got its benefit. It's actually yeah. a, a lot less taxing on the body than using something like a Stairmaster. So wait a minute. So how do you calculate steps if you're doing the bike? So I don't count steps within the bike. That's separate to cardio. Okay. So 
but if you're doing if you're doing the treadmill, those yeah. steps count. Yeah, those those will count. Yeah, but if you're doing the bike, so, they don't count. So, yeah, so I'll give an example. So, so this morning I had 45 minutes of cardio, so that will be on the recumbent bike. So I wouldn't count any sort of steps within that. Yeah. Then when I came off the recumbent bike, I actually walked on the treadmill for an hour, and that counts as direct steps because that's not me using a recumbent bike. Okay. And I've got something what I wear on my finger called an aura ring. Yeah. And that just tracks, yeah, that just tracks all my movement, my steps for the day. That's confusing to me. I need to break this down. I'm sorry if it's just me being slow. So that's okay. If you do, let's say instead of the bike, the cardio this morning, you did instead of doing the bike. Yeah. If you just did an hour of treadmill. Yeah. You count those steps and count that calorie expenditure. Yeah, that's right. But if you do the bike. Let's yeah. say you burn. Let's say you burn three hundred calories on the bike. Yeah. That's not counted towards your steps. No, that that's the bike. So we'll break it down to so the bike. If I'm using a bike, that's cardio. Yeah. If I'm using treadmill, that's steps. Okay. So if Cal says to you, "I need you to do sixteen thousand steps today," yeah. Plus, I need you to do forty minutes of cardio. You yeah. can't. You know when he says forty minutes of cardio, he means the bike. Yeah, that's right. Anything you else you do on top of that can count towards your steps. But when he says yeah, cardio, right. it's separate from your steps. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. That makes that's a lot of fucking cardio, man. Yeah, I mean I think it might not feel like it, but like I know what sixteen thousand steps in a day is looks like to me. And I don't know, that seems like you're up a lot. Does, it does it definitely does add up. Um yeah. considering I think I started off at around eight K steps and then it's just slowly, gradually increased. Um, over time but even with the cardio I started off at 25 minutes and then yeah. it would just be like add on five minutes and that slowly crept up as well um, it is a lot but I've also done two hours of cardio like on the Stairmaster before yeah. and if if I had the option of which one to do I prefer this one so let me ask you this if it gets to like what time do you go to bed at night uh, very so let's say around half 10 10 okay so let's just say 10 30 so if it gets to like nine o'clock and you're at like 10,000 steps. Do you like, do you cram in 6,000 steps? Or like, how does that work? I'll be stepping around the house or I'm going outside and I'm walking around the block. And then so what you, normally happens, so let's say I needed another 6,000 steps. By the time I've gone and walked around the block, I'll probably end up with 8K steps. That's a long walk, man. Yeah, I know yeah. it is. And that's why I try and get it done early in the morning because then yeah. it makes my day a lot easier. Okay, so that's another, that's another example. So let's say... Let's say you get 16,000 steps in before noon. Can you just sit around all day now? I can take it easier, but as Kyle would say, just drives you deeper into a deficit. So when you're trying to get your steps, I'm not trying to be a, a, a dick. I'm really not. I'm just trying to figure yeah, out. Right. I'm trying to yeah, figure yeah, out because right. I don't do the steps thing. So I'm trying to figure out exactly how it's planned out. So when Cal says do the steps, is, is there something where you guys tell your tell each other like, okay, try and get them in moderately throughout the day. Don't cram it all into like one hour or does it matter? Yeah. He, he would just say, just get your steps as, as it works for you. Even with cardio, he doesn't say you have to do cardio fasting. He said, whatever works best for you in your routine, but I prefer to get up in the morning yeah. and get my cardio out of the way. So basically whenever you want to get the 16,000 steps in, whenever you want to do the cardio, Cal doesn't care. Just get the calories. Just get the That's calorie right. expenditure out. That's right. And I'm of the opinion cool. is get it done early. So I'm not trying to do it late at night because that's the last thing I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I kind of like that. It's a lot of freedom. Yeah. But and I think that's, that's the approach what I've really enjoyed with Cal. It's like, it's not stressful. So yeah. it's like, if he can keep my body relaxed and my mind relaxed on what works for me, then he, he knows he's going to get the best out of me as well. So I think that that has actually really helped. So even with the, when I said about the food and the macro tracking, I've always done a prep where I've had a set meal plan. Mm-hmm. And that's where when you're on prep, you think, oh, I could really do with eating this, but you can't because it doesn't fit your calories. Yeah. Whereas now this prep, although I've been on prep, it's been nice to have that flexibility. It's like, it's like oh, if I want to eat a different protein source, I can do, I can just track it in. Yeah. And I think it's been a really good eye-opener for me and something that I'll definitely do again on future preps. Well, that was actually my next question because that was the second thing that you mentioned that I was interested in is you guys do macro tracking. Is it the same as if it fits your macros? It is, but it's not to the extent that I'm going to be eating pizza or anything so like that. So it's like, you know, me and John used to do something similar, similar to this. So it's like if it fits your macros, but only with select foods. Yeah, so mine's right, not necessary. No. Yeah, so Cal's not giving me select foods, but I've got a range of foods what I would eat. So, for example, my protein sources, I'm going between king prawns, um, egg whites, yeah. uh, chicken, um, maybe some red meat as well. So I've got the flexibility, yeah. and I'll just map it out. So if it's a high-carb day or a medium-carb day or low, I'll just work out what fits best in those days around those macros. Yeah, that's what I meant by select foods. Like John would say, these are the protein sources I like. You can choose from any one of these for your plan. Like, And then, so when you're doing that, if you, let's say you like eating prawns, can you eat prawns all day long? As long as it matches up with the macros? Yeah, prawns is in my last meal all the way through prep. I don't even know where prawns came from. As soon as I started prep, it's just like, I'm really craving this. I don't know if it's a prep thing, but I want prawns. So every last meal, I've got prawns in. So when I say my meals take long to cook, yeah. so I've got the prawns, I've got the peppers, I've got the vegetables, I've got everything yeah. Yeah. all mixed in together. Yeah, but can you have prawns for meal five and meal four and meal three? Yeah, or... yeah I, can, I, can have it, I can have it literally wherever I want. And that's, that's what Kyle's saying. As long as you're hitting your macro split, yeah. So I'm completely fine with it. But does he have a, a a number of protein sources he wants to get to get in for the day, or is it just like I don't care no. as long as the protein amounts to this number? Yeah, that's right. But then oh. it comes to a point when your food starts to get lower, you know, right? Okay, right. I don't want to have loads of whey protein. I want to actually eat some solid food. That's right. So that's when you make those those choices for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like one of the choices I always made was oatmeal. I always felt like oatmeal. I always liked oatmeal a lot more when I was dieting and I was getting closer to the show because it was more filling. So a yeah, lot of my, a lot of my carb meals would be oatmeal. Yeah. But then for me, because of the, the fat content in that, I thought, all right, I can right. get more out of cream of rice or ground rice. That's so then right. I pull that. And then when it's a high carb day, I'm like, give me a big bowl of oats. I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. That's a lot of, you know what? That's kind of cool. I like that, that, I can't tell I can't tell you if I would like that more than what I did or if I, if I like having a structure. Because some people yeah. have like having a structure like eat this meal at this time and they did you know their coach plans it out for them. But it seems yeah. like you like you like the freedom of choosing what you want. Yeah. So in Austin that's what me and my girlfriend did we we macro tracked our foods. Yeah. And we always said when we transitioned into prep we want cows to give us a set plan and Prep came around and it was like, actually, 
let's just ride with this and see how we go. Mm. And the deeper we got into prep, you're still seeing the same results you would see if you had a set plan. It's just like, let's just keep things as it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think one is going to make you any better than the other. I'm just, because I think every person individually doesn't, maybe some people need that rigidity yes, to, to, right. stay, to stay focused, right? Yes. So that was your, your cardio and your diet. What was training? What's training been like throughout your prep? I know Cal said you guys were doing a lot of frequency for your legs in the off season. A lot of people, I kind of take exception to this. Well, I don't want to say I take, take exception to it, but I don't know if I see what everybody else sees. A lot of, you know, I've talked to some people and they say, well, his legs don't match up to his upper body, blah, blah. But when I look at your physique, I feel like you've done a great job of bringing up your legs. They feel, they look pretty like balanced with your upper body. Um, I think there's a few pictures where I've probably posted a front relaxed as well. Um, I don't know if you can maybe pull one of those up. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. Uh, with your legs showing, there's a lat spread. Not sure. This one maybe? No, it's the most muscular. Here? Yeah, so just, just here. So look, looking at this here, if I'd have gone back before this leg training block, you can see if you just draw like a straight line down from where my lats and my quad sweeps are, yeah. it's more or less identical. It's getting a lot more in line. Before I'd done the training blocks of three weeks, of three training sessions a week, Yeah. my quads didn't match up with my lats. My upper body was far more overpowering my lower yeah. whereas now the symmetry is a lot more proportioned well i mean and i and i and i see that like you know people are you know yeah. just so people know what you're talking about the straight line from this point yeah, that's right. down down to the outside of your sweep is even and i see that and i see that your abductors are also touching like all the way down here that's right why do you think people are saying that about your legs i i honestly don't know I honestly don't know because a lot of work has gone into training my legs, like even where you mentioned on my adductors as well. So I, this isn't a good angle at all, this picture. No, it's a, it's a top-down angle. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and that's also the day after I train legs, so that's not going to give the, the full yeah. picture. The legs yeah. will be inflamed. But my legs haven't Do you think it's from uh, – do you think it could be from the last show? Because your legs have come up dramatically from the last show you did. Yeah. So I'm Definitely saying, do you think do you think people are still thinking of Mark Hector from the previous showing? I think so, and I think maybe some people just don't see the progress what has been taking place yeah. um, in the legs. Maybe it's the angle of where the pitch has been taken, or maybe it's the lighting. But the legs have definitely come up a lot more than what it was. Yeah. Could it be also a symptom of your shoulders being as wide as they are? Like your delts, your delts are crazy, man. Like you have very wide, you have a very wide structure and then you have big delts on top of that. So could it also be a symptom of you're just so wide that your legs have to be even bigger just to keep up? Yeah, it, it could, it could well be that. It could be, but um, just going back to the delts, like even the delts, the only exercise I did for delts was um, like cuff lateral raises and rear delts. I didn't know shoulder pressing for the whole year what yeah no no shoulder <laughs> pressing because i had some problems with my shoulder whereas yeah. it's tough so that's where me and cal spoke and it's like well that's not going to put you in a good position yeah. and it's going to put pain on your shoulder so we'll just do cuff lateral raising on cables and some rear delt rows and my delts have not suffered and 
I was only doing, what, five exercises for delts over the course of the week. So cuff, like putting a cuff around your wrist and doing yeah. cable laterals. Yeah, and single rear, arm cuff laterals. And, and rear delt. Rear delt rows on the cables as well, and then using across a short cable stack, yeah. um, slight incline bench, and then doing cross-body lateral raises on cables as well. Okay. Exercises those, I've never done. I've never done those before. And those three exercises kept your delts as big as they are. It, I would say it's through my delts the biggest it's ever been. But you're. But in fairness to people watching, your delts are also like your genetic strong point. Yeah, I'll say. I'll like it's say probably so. your. It's probably your best body part, right? Yeah, one of. One, one, one of. of one of. I mean, that or your back. I mean, you're pretty pretty complete everywhere, but your delts are like different. Yeah, but I always thought that you've got to do shoulder pressing. That's why I'm... I think this is just to confirm that when you get exercise with what suit your biomechanics, which me and Kyle's really worked on, you can make a lot of progress from it. Yeah, like that's a gnarly delt, man. It's so, And you know what me and Cal did talk about, or actually me and Christian Thibodeau talked about that, about exercise selection. And uh, what works, I think me and Cal talked about it briefly too. So that was what you guys figured out to get past the injuries yeah. and just keep your delts growing and it worked for you. Yeah. That's Is right. there any other exercise? It was just those three. For delts. For delts, yeah. Yeah, that was that was it. That's all we did. So and because because in the off season we was doing three leg sessions a week. So we'll have the three leg sessions and then one session will be push and then one will be pull. Yeah. So on some days during the off season, the delt exercises could be three or four sets. Yeah. But now yeah. we're running to prepping the, the leg session to pull down to two. I've yeah. got five delt exercises over the course of the week. Huh. So you did reverse incline bench, right? Leaning into the bench with no, the cable? So, it's, uh, so the narrow stack, the bench is facing in, and then you've got a slight incline. Yeah. And then you cuff at your, your wrist. Yeah. And you're going across your body and doing like a lateral raise movement. Huh. I had to try that. You think my delts will look like yours after? Definitely. <laughs> so, all right. So the Arnold UK is a week and a half out. Yeah. And you have right. a few more pounds to pull down. Yeah. Let's get into the competition. Okay. So have you studied? Do you? Do you study your other competitors? Do you look at their physiques? Do you study what their weaknesses are? Do you give a shit? Do you just worry about yourself? What is your approach? To be honest, I follow a few of the people I compete against. So occasionally some of their posts might pop up on Instagram when I open up. But to be honest, I'm not the sort of person who's going to sit there and start comparing what other people look like. Because I, I find that if you start doing that, you start picking flaws in yourself. And that's not something I want to do. I want to keep my mindset strong. So for me... I don't really look at what others are doing. I know that if I'm doing what I should be doing, that I'll land where I need to land. And that's just the approach I've always had. Um, yeah. I just don't, I don't think it's healthy for you to start comparing too much on what other people are doing or thinking I should be doing what they're doing because everyone's different. And you need to be focused on tunnel vision on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's my approach. Do you follow bodybuilding at all? Like right now, like, are you, are you somebody that kind of stays away from it? Like you post your stuff and you kind of stay away or do you follow other stuff that's going on right now? Oh no, I, I still, I still follow bodybuilding. I, I look at the competitions like Yamamoto cut what was on at the weekend. I 
Yeah. I watched that live stream. I've seen the results there and, and see what's happening. So I'm still very much in touch with bodybuilding. But then when it comes to like people I compete against, I'm not studying what they're looking like or their physiques or anything like that. Do you think, just to touch on a couple of them though, just to get your opinion. Okay. Um, do you think Andrew Jacked, so a lot of people have Andrew Jacked in the top three, top six at the Olympia. Do you think he's ready to be there? Or do you think he's going to have trouble at the Arnold UK? Like where, do you think he deserves the hype that he's getting? Or are you not sure yet? I think for anyone who wins their pro debut, because he did win his pro debut, I think that is a big achievement to to make. That's like a, sending out a good statement that yeah. you're you're someone who's got a very good physique and someone who's going to be up there. So mm-hmm. I, I understand why people are talking about him and why he's getting that extra publicity because it is a big thing and he's not been bodybuilding for that long. Well, yeah. pieces anyway. So I understand that completely. But you think you can pull ahead of him at this show? Yeah. Because I was thinking about the comparison and I'm like, you know, I think he's 6'2". How tall are you? I'm 5'10". 5'10", 270 is a big dude. Or 265 by the time you get to the stage, maybe a little less. I don't know. I mean, that's that's tough, right? Because I feel like a shorter, thicker guy is going to be a little bit tougher. Um, But then you also have James in the mix. So how do you feel about James, because you guys are kind of apples and oranges. You're like really, really pretty shape. James has got that really thick, rugged, muscular look. Is there some way he's going to be harder for you to beat? Or do you think the judges will lean towards aesthetics? How do you feel about James doing the show? Well, James James is a good bodybuilder. and We've we've competed twice in the pro league and James has beat me. Um, But I still have the opinion that from where I was in 2020 to now, I'm not the same Mark Hector as I was before. So I'm looking forward to being able to be compared now with the improvements that I've made. I'm mm-hmm. sure James has made improvements as well, but it's now, I guess, I know that I'm going to turn up in condition. I know yeah. that I'm going to be full. I know that I'm going to be dry. So it's then it's going to be down to maybe who poses the best, who can hold the poses better, and then what the judges prefer in terms of a look, because it can go either way, really. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I got, I got you. You're going to have, I guess I have you predicting yourself as the victor. That's what we're going to, we're going to leave it. At, we're going to leave it at that. But I want to go back a little bit to the beginning of the off season. So when you met Cal and Cal took over and he had you kind of changing things up, were you all in? Were you a hundred percent like, okay, I trust this guy. I'm going to do whatever he says. And you just, or was there, I trust him, but there's some hesitation, but I'm going to see how it goes. Like, how does your brain work when you switch to work with a coach? Well, I didn't actually, I, I knew who Cal was, but one of my good friends, Hader, who I now called a- Agent H, mm-hmm. um, he lives out in Dubai, but he used to live in the UK. And he actually said to me after, he, just before he's going back to Dubai, he said, right, we're going around Cal's house because I'm going to set you up with coaching with him. I was like, how, why? He said, I just know that he would be able to take your physique to the next level. Yeah. So I went around, I posed in front of Cal. He said, right, I can see. Your physique has got the potential, but this is the area of what needs to improve. He said, if you was to come on board with me, I can guarantee we can get things mapped out mm-hmm. to improve your physique. So 
although it's quite strange with Kyle's younger than me, I've still got a great level of respect for him because of the knowledge he's got. So sure. I'm the sort of bodybuilder. I don't believe that I know it all. And if there's someone out there who's got more knowledge than me and I trust, I'm going to give you full reins to do what you think I should do. Yeah. As long as you explain the process, which he does all the way through, I'm completely fine to follow that. When you started doing Cal's plan and then started to see your body changing, started seeing the desired result, was it just more motivation to keep going? Were you, what did you think at that point? Were you like, you know, great, I made the right decision. Like, what's your thought process like when someone takes over, switches a bunch of things, and then it starts to slowly build? It's so I, before I met Cal, I felt like I was kind of in limbo, like, I wasn't making the progress I should be making. I finished um, 2020, I came third. And it's not really kicked on the way it should kick on. Yeah. So then when Cal took over, he mapped out. So how he does, he works things backwards. So let's say we've got a 20-week push-up phase. He's mapped out 20-week backwards. Like, this is what we're going to achieve in this phase, this four-week block. This is what we did get to, this next four-week block. So everything's mapped out. And mm. that goes before the food the training, the supplements, so you know exactly what's going, taking part at that place. Mm. And I think for me, having that structure, being able to, to look at it and think, right, well, okay, he said I'm going to hit this target by this. I've exceeded it. So, right, this is then yeah. the motivation. I'm going to keep going because we've not even got into halfway of the program. Let's just keep this momentum going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that has to be, that has to be really reassuring as an athlete. Like, if was he telling you, like that first four week, let's say it's a four week block. Is he telling you what your weight should be at the end of four weeks? He, he was setting predictions. Yeah. Targets. So like your weight would be this much. You would be lifting this much for this lift or that lift, like all these, all these, and you were knocking them all down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, and that's even, even the training structure when we started training, cause I'm used to doing volume. So I would do like four or five sets and exercise. And he was like, right. So we're going to do a top set, which is your heavier weight with maybe a reps of like eight to 10. Then we're going to do a back off set for like 12 to 15. And I remember the first session we trained back and we were doing T-bar row, chest support, and you put like six or seven plates. And I'm looking at that thinking, who's lifting this? Because I'm used to just doing like four yeah. or five sets with maybe four plates. Yeah. And I got up there and I, and I pulled that weight and I thought to myself, I've been training within a comfort zone because I've been doing so many sets, which yeah. is too much for me. Yeah. So then when we actually stripped it back, I was able to move more weight. I think that's really contributed to me putting on more muscle. Yeah. I wonder... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. When I start seeing those sort of results, it's like, well, if you've got this bit right, the other pieces are going to come together as well. Yeah. I wonder uh, if it was a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, as a coach, I think it's a little bit... I think it's a really good technique on Cal's part because... Let's say me and you start and I say, well, at the end of this month, you're going to be 260. Let's say you're 250 when we start. Yeah. You already have it in your head that you need to be 260. So you're not going to miss any meals. You're like going to be watching the scale. Like you're going to nail everything. Like what I'm saying is it's a kind of a good coaching strategy because it almost tricks you into trying to meet those goals and be perfect. Because yeah. if he's, it's almost like that's the way we are as athletes. That's the way we're wired. We're like, we got to hit that target. So we're going to do anything we can to hit that target. But most coaches don't put targets out there for their athletes. Does he, is that something he does with all his athletes? Do you know that or no? Yeah, he does. So my uh, girlfriend's also coached my own as well. So I know that that's a principle that he has, but 
I think the the benefit as well with Cal is is very much a people's person. So before we actually started coaching, he wanted to know a bit more about me. So what what was it like before? So when I was out in Kuwait, what was it like with training? What do you enjoy about it? So I was explaining, like, I trained with my coach. He was able to see me through the workouts. He pushed me through it. And he was like, okay, right. So I actually traveled to train with Cal. So I traveled yeah. 45 minutes to yeah. train with him, and 45 minutes back. So he said, basically, I'm going to create an environment for you where you feel comfortable to give you the best opportunity to grow. And I think yeah. that was a big thing for me because I understand how busy his schedule is, but he's making me a priority. And when you're doing that, it's like you're invested in me. The least I can do is give you that investment back as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible, man. I think it's a, I think it's a great story. I think it's, you almost like, uh, finding Cal was like perfect for you because you worked with the guys in Kuwait. Who else have you worked with? Anybody else? Of no, nope. uh, so only Taylor is the one who turned me pro 2018. Okay, okay. So yeah, I've worked with different coaches, but I think with all the coaches I've worked with, that's I've all I've taken something from all the coaches. Mm-hmm. So for example, with Ernie, he taught me how to pose better. With Abdullah, yeah. he gave me the confidence and the mindset that you're a number one bodybuilder, so you've got to act like a number one bodybuilder. Now with Cal, the structure what he's given me and the confidence, I feel like. This is the coach what's going to take me to where I need to be. Yeah. And I fully believe that. It looks like it. So I don't want to keep you too long because I know you're a week and a half out. So I apologize for going this long as it is. But no, no, that's, that's all right. I'm, I'm pleased to be on it. Um, I want to ask you if the show goes your way and you win. Obviously, you're going to hold off till the Olympia after that, right? Or is there something else you want to do in between? No, I, I would do at least another show. Oh, you will? I will, yeah, because this, this is what me and Carl spoke about before. It's it's good to be able to practice different peaks and different approaches. And while I'm in condition, because there's shows really close. So after after the Arnold, there is Paris, the French, right? oh, yeah, French show. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then there's the Italy show as well. So there's quite a few shows still to do. So I would still like to do more shows. So you're going to hypothetically let's say you win this show you'll continue to do how many shows between now and the olympia do you know so we spoke about that so no more than three you might do three more shows so three in total so the Arnold, three in total so two more after yeah three in total okay i have to play devil's advocate okay so <laughs> some people would say you're crazy <laughs> just because and the reason i say i understand your approach if i do this show I can practice this peak or that peak, but I wonder to myself, do you worry about tiring out your body before the big dance? No. And the reason why I don't, because I've seen Cal's approaches with other clients. And although I'm not the other clients who is coach, but I know he knows how to handle peaks. He knows how to manage fatigue. He knows how to manage athletes to go to multiple shows. And okay. because of that confidence I've got in him, it's not something I worry about. Okay. So you'll go, you'll go Arnold, Paris, Italy, or not Paris, but France, and then Italy. Yeah. And then how long after Italy? Do you know how long after Italy the, the break is between there and the Olympia? Uh, I think we're 13 weeks out from the Olympia now. So that will probably be maybe if we're a week and a half. Nine, nine, eight. Nine. Yeah, probably about nine weeks. So I'll give you a chance to take a little bit of a 
couple weeks break, not like off, but like yeah. a little bit of rest and then back at it. That's right. And that's something we spoke about as well. Even today we're speaking about it as well. That we'll uh, get the result of the Arnold. We would do no more than three shows. Back off, let the body get refreshed. And because I'll already, already be in a good position physique-wise, then we can eat into the show, but then pull back and just manage fatigue, pull mm-hmm. back on supplements and just have almost like a bit of a health phase yeah. before going to the Olympia. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. It's an interesting uh, take on it. Now, not that you want to think about this, but I have to ask the question. If you don't win, same thing. You're just going to do those other two shows, try and get your qualification. Yeah. So nothing really changes win or lose. You kind of have right. a you kind of have a plan set out. That's right. And let's say the worst case scenario, I don't get it at the Arnold or France or Italy. There's still Spain. I think there's Romania as well. I'm not gonna stop this year. I really want to be on that Olympia stage. So that's that's my goal, winning a show to get into Olympia. So Which... those shows are there at the back of the mind, but that's not actually on the radar right now. What do you know? What show is the last qualifying show for this year's Olympia? I believe it's Romania, so the Wings of Strength. Oh, so you I still have t- you, you still have like I five or six no- shows. I think that's November. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, I, I'm I'm going to predict that we're going to see you on the Olympia stage one way or another, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. At the Olympia, I know I'm I know I'm throwing way too much at you too early, but I have to say it because <laughs> I'm because the Olympia is such an exciting lineup this year. That I've been thinking about it already. We're people are already making predictions. Um, where do you see yourself? Let's say you get to let's say you win the Arnold UK. Where do you see yourself at the Olympia? Top 10, top eight, top six? For first, for first Olympia, I'll be happy to place top 10. Yeah. I think looking at the people who you've got who's been consistent over the time, you've almost got a set group of people who are established. And I still think for the improvements I've made, I also know the extra improvements I want to make as well. So to get to Olympia will be an amazing achievement, and that is my main goal for this year. Mm-hmm. But going there, even placing 10th in that top 10, that will be a huge win for me this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's incredible. So you don't think you can get bigger between qualifying and the Olympia, right? You might be able to get better, but not bigger, correct? Yeah. I'll... I'll I would say so. Or we get fuller. But I think the main thing is is not trying to push the physique and then spilling and not no. coming in in condition because I, I still believe that condition is important as well. So I think go. I'm not someone who gets caught with weight, so I'll probably be this weight on stage. Whatever yeah. my best look is, that's how I want to step on stage. Sure. So next week, do you have does has Cal planned anything out for you next week? Or do you guys have not even talked about that yet? Because it's kind of like a touch touch and go situation. So we've, we spoke about a little bit. So the last leg session will be this week. And then from next week, Wednesday, I'm going to be staying at Cow's house, um, leading into the Arnold's UK. So from where I live and where Cow lives, even though it's different areas, it's about a 40-minute 40, 40 drive mm-hmm. to, to where we're competing. So it's not actually that far away. But from Wednesday... Cal wants to to see me day in, day out, so mm-hmm. he can manage to peak perfectly because it's likely from the Thursday that we'll start the carb loading process. From Thursday? From Thursday, yeah. Huh. Is that too soon? Because some people, like, I know some people start Tuesday, Wednesday. Are you worried that, I mean, you're staying pretty full. At, well, you say you're depleted, but I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think you're depleted, but. 
<laughs> you say you're depleted. So will the two days be enough to fill you out? Well, I know I, I just trust Carl. Whatever yeah. his judgment is, but but that's where we sort of said from the Thursday. But it's going to be a thing where I'm still checking in every day. So he's monitoring my physique. So my physique from yesterday today is completely different. So it's changing at a rate what's really fast. And wow. for him, he doesn't want me to go too flat because if I go too flat, it's a very hard process to then bring that back. So yeah. he's monitoring every single variable in that sense. And I'm I'm blessed to have him because I know that he's playing paying close attention to my physique. Yeah, yeah. I think you're be, I think you're gonna be incredible, man. I, I can't wait to see. You know, it, the tough thing about Instagram is everybody looks great. Like you look great. Andrew looks great. James looks great. Martin looks, it's really tough to gauge what you're going to look like next to each other. But man, you're the changes you've made in the last couple of years are just like phenomenal. So I'm really excited to see what you look like uh, next week at the Arnold. Um, do you have anybody or anything you want to say or anybody you want to thank before we go? Uh, I feel like there's loads of people to thank. So my go girlfriend ahead. who's always who's always looking after me. Um, I realised just how much she just support me uh, with her being away, with her competing. Cal, he's done so much for me during this period, not just as a coach, but also as like a mentor as well to have my own coaching and keeping my mindset good. Um, I'm sponsored by Trained by JP. So Jordan Peters and Corinne, they really do look out for me as well. Um, I've got a sports massage coach who really helps me, um, Kate Farnden. Mark England, who look after my sports performance. I've got gyms what I train at who look after me and open at different times. Shreds Fitness Center, um, Empire Progress Works, um, my boy Agent H. Um, I've got so many people who in my close circle really do look out for me. And there's probably more people I've missed, but I'm blessed to have such a good tight network and obviously my family as well who look out for me. It, uh, it's a it's a real team. I know people don't think it's a team, but there's a bunch of people yeah. behind you yeah. watching from yeah. the sounds of it. So, listen, Mark, it's great. I hope you crush it next week. Uh, we'll, be, we'll all be watching, and I uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for inviting me on. It's very much appreciated. Okay, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe, share with your friends, and like the video. And if you get a chance, check out the description for all the different links to all the different places you can find Hostile and myself. And lastly, check out Hostile.com for our new line of supplements and all of our apparel and gear. Thanks again for watching.